you know, I always have a massive appreciation for guests on the show who are willing to give back, um, share their knowledge uh, as the experts that they are, and be able to create content and share that with the rest of the world. Today's guest is a former NAIA basketball player who is utilizing his platform nowadays to share that with the rest of the world and help bless the lives of others, especially the younger generation. This is an amazing conversation talking about life and basketball. You don't want to miss it. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host. As you guys know by now, Shane Larson is my name. Four and a half, almost five years running. We've hit 70,000 downloads, 92 different countries. We continue to grow the show here on the platform. And it's due in large part to the listeners out there, due in large part to the guests, all those who have ever tuned in. Thank you so much. And for those who are tuning in maybe for the first time right now, this might be the first episode you've ever heard. Um, I'd really appreciate it if when the interview's completed, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show grow. It helps to get out to more people and it helps more people hear from our guests and get their story here on the platform. So Today's an exciting one for me. Um, for for those who have followed me on social media, they know that like I like to interact with people, but I also love to consume content. Like I'm a sports junkie. I'm an athlete myself. You know, former player, former boxer. Love I love it, and I still cover sports at a high degree. And uh, I love consuming content from athletes and former athletes and whatnot. So I'm always constantly like on different platforms checking stuff out. So I'm on TikTok of all places, and I come across this guy's uh, this guy's page, and I, I listened to him. It was one of the the very first post I ever saw from you on TikTok must it was when you were answering a question from someone and it had to do with your playing career and I'm like oh dude this is it this is the stuff that I enjoy listening to so I just I've been following you for probably a good month or so before I reached out to you but his name is Walker Hartman and Walker's going to be joining us to share some more about his story so you guys can hear from him some of the life lessons that he's learned and uh his his playing days and and what he does now so Walker thanks so much for joining us man yeah thank you for having me I really appreciate it Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So before we even get further into this, uh, tell everybody your TikTok handle and your other social media handles so that they can, you know, follow you as well before we get too deep. So I want people to already know where they can follow you. Oh, so my TikTok, I'm pretty sure is Walker Hartman um, 05. And then my Instagram is Purge Walk, P-U-R-G-E underscore Walk 05. Um those are really, really the two uh, social medias I'm really big on. I'm, I'm about to start up some YouTube stuff. I got some stuff planned. Um, as soon as I can get a guy to help me film it and edit it, I got a lot of stuff planned. So follow me on YouTube too, just Walker Hartman. A lot of basketball content, workout content, stuff like that. I dig it. I'll put that in the description here as well so people can find you quicker. Um, and hopefully they'll they'll enjoy the content the same way that I'm enjoying the content, man. I love hearing people's stories. Love learning from people who have been there. Uh, it's one thing to like talk. But somebody who's actually walked the walk and has been there, uh, I, I trust those people a little bit more as an athlete myself. So, you know, I want to rewind the clock, Walker, a little bit before we talk about like your collegiate playing days and what you're doing now. I want to I want to talk about your your upbringing and 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 your history in sports. Like, what age did you pick up a basketball? What was the first age when you picked up a basketball that you can remember? 
So I'm pretty sure when I first started playing basketball, I was in the third grade. It's actually kind of crazy because my dad's a my dad's a sixth degree black belt. So when I was like three years old, I was in martial arts, you know, heavy. I I was at every class and I was in the beginner classes, the advanced classes. Um, I got up to a brown belt by the time I was like 10, 10 years old. Then uh, once I hit third grade, uh, I went to my first basketball practice and I just I fell in love with it. I loved everything about it. I loved being around my friends. I loved, you know just really just everything about it and i kind of took what i what um you know my hard work my work ethic that i used in martial arts and i kind of put all of that into into basketball so i i i gave up my karate gi my karate belt and i picked up some basketball shoes in the basketball and when i was in third grade and that's really that's really where it all started man the rest was history that is interesting you mentioned you know you took the hard work ethic that you had from the martial arts experience at a young age uh, you know your father obviously really big into martial arts can you talk about some of the parallels like when you say you took the work ethic and whatnot what is one of the parallels or what are some of the parallels between martial arts and basketball that you could share with others that that you know you can take this and apply it here even though it's not the same exact discipline right so is that it's pretty it's funny you say uh something about that because when i when i first went to uh my first school that i um played basketball at my dad made this you know sappy post about how uh you know even though our hardwoods like my our dojos are different so his hardwood is obviously like a, a karate dojo and then my hardwood is a basketball court we still you know have the same mindset um about how we go about it so really like attention to detail is huge and being able to kind of take in information is huge. Like karate is a, um, it's, it's kind of like an art. It's not really, you know, I, my, my dad is really big into the into the art of it, not necessarily the sport. So it's very um, attention to detail, and you have to. It's kind of like it's kind of like you're trying to better yourself every time you go into a karate dojo. It's it's very, uh, you know. It's very big on discipline, very big on trying to do the right thing, not necessarily, you know, using karate to, you know, be cool, but using karate to better yourself. So, I mean, I kind of I, I, I kind of took that into basketball with me. That's kind of one of the biggest things I took with me from that. I dig that. I dig that a lot. You know, um, the discipline factor is and it's interesting that I'm talking to you. I'm learning these things as we speak. You know, I, I started in Kempo Karate when I was younger did a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then um, I ended up boxing. I loved, I loved throwing hands. So like that was a very, uh, it was a controlled way of doing that. You know what I mean? So I love boxing. So I fought for golden gloves for three years and I, and I love that. Um, but I could tell you right now as well as playing basketball. And one of the things that I always learned as well was not only just discipline, like understanding, I, I, I learned respect for my opponents, uh, respect for not only my opponents, but my instructors. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't really get a back talk your, karate instructor you don't get a back talk your boxing coach that, that just doesn't fly in those types of settings whereas you see a lot of times you know in these traditional sports like basketball football baseball whatever you'll see guys popping off to their coaches and i get it because we get frustrated with our coaches that that's that's natural but you don't get a pop off to a coach and expect to be playing the next day that just doesn't work that way or at least not have any kind of repercussion and one thing that yeah like those those different you know arts whether it be boxing karate jiu-jitsu whatever it was i always learned just you know respect for my authoritative figure you know what i mean like i just you just listen to them whether you agree with them or not you do what they do and you don't ever pop off in a public setting like in front of other people like that's just not how you do it yeah. um did you ever notice that like because you i'm sure you had a lot of coaches for basketball growing up 
did you ever notice that that was part of the the whole thing too that you might have taken without even real, realizing it? You know, I, I was uh, I, I I'm being completely 100 percent honest. I was not very coachable, especially when I got into into college. When I was in high school and uh, you know middle school, uh, I, I was I was very coachable. I had three different coaches when I was in uh, high school, though, so I think that was a little contributing factor to that, just because you know coaches are different in pretty much every I, I all three of my coaches were different in every aspect my very first coach was very you know big on discipline not talking back to him and we do as he says if we do something wrong one time we run my second coach really was kind of like a he didn't really care attitude he just kind of wanted to coach us for two years and then go on back to his you know his school and the coach at the high school he graduated at so he didn't really he wasn't really big on yelling at us or anything like that and it kind of showed in my record to be honest and uh, my third coach he wasn't really that big in the discipline but he he helped me out a lot with the confidence aspect but when I got to college I was man I just my freshman year, I just got this attitude because, you know, when, when you go from high school, you're kind of like the guy. I was one of the top three guys in my high school team. I go to college and I'm with, I go to any high school. I'm like, I should be the best player here. I'm not going D1. So, you know, these aren't the best of the best, quote unquote. But I, I go to college and I'm frustrated because I can't do the things that I thought I was going to be able to do as soon as I get there. So I'm, you know, mouthing off to the coach, mouthing off to my teammates pulling people by their jersey, pulling them down, getting in arguments, uh, physical altercations. So a lot of the stuff that I took from karate, because my dad would talk to me about this sometimes, talk about my attitude. And he says, you know, he he would just kind of harp that, you know, the discipline aspect in karate should be the same in life in general. So I should take that to basketball too. And my attitude, um, you know, my I kind of got I kind of got it down my senior year when I got I was a lot more coachable. I know I, I tried to understand my role more, respect my coach a little more, but it, it definitely took me a while. You know, that that is interesting, though, because it, it is hard, that whole concept. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I want to I want to talk about this. A lot of guys, especially when when you get to that next level of basketball, that's that's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's a junior college an NAIA D1, D2. It doesn't matter. The next level of basketball is better than your your high school level. Um, so you are going to be going against better competition and different coaching styles. And it's a, just a different game. And uh, it, there's an adjustment period there. Um, you know, I was talking last year, I talked to coach Colby Blaine who coaches for the college of Idaho here where I live out of the, out of Idaho, which is NAIA school as well. And then we have NNU. And then we also, I just spoke to Jalen Galloway who is now going to be playing at a school. It's I think university of Louisiana, new Orleans, which is another NAIA school. And they just merged. But, um, what school did you go to for NAIA? That's the first question I wanted to ask. What school were you at? So I started off at uh, Judson University, which is up up uh, in Elgin, Illinois, which is like kind of right outside Chicago. Uh, so it's kind of like a suburb of Chicago. And then the other NAIA school I went to was Lincoln Christian in Lincoln, Illinois. And I finished out my last two years there um, uh, of my playing uh, career. I started out at Judson, but I didn't actually play at Judson. I was a red shirt. So I didn't play any games at Judson. But, uh, yeah, those are the two NAI schools I went to. And in between that, I went to a USCAA school, which is kind of comparable to NAI um, talent level-wise. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. And was this before the NAIA merger? Was this where there was a Division One, Division Two before it merged? So were you were either of those schools Division One or Division Two? They were They were. Mo they were both Division II, uh NAI schools. Cool. Cool, cool. And so I'm just trying to set the tone for the audience so they understand like where you were playing at and whatnot. And I understand like 
I want to get your thoughts here then, Walker. You get in there. You've obviously already kind of alluded to it, like the talent level. So many people, this is what I hate about sports, is like these casual fans, if you're not D1, you're trash. That is absolutely false, completely inaccurate to me. Um, there are so many hoopers at every level. So mm-hmm. when you were playing in NAIA, besides yourself, who who was the best player that you played with or against? I think the best player I played with, and he and, and, and this dude was the most humble. You know, he he didn't have he he didn't talk trash. He uh, we, went, we went to a Christian university, so I never heard this man cuss. But he was constantly giving people 25, 30, pretty much every every game throughout his career, and he in in the most humble way possible, the most the quietest like thirty points that, that you could ever wa- watch someone score and be like, oh, he has thirty. His name was Zach Thompson, and he uh, he scored two thousand plus points at um, at my at, at at LCU at Lincoln Christian, and man, what he he was about six four, and he he played like power forward, small forward for us. So if you were if you were driving and you kicked it out to Zach, you knew you knew it was gonna be a, a bucket because he was a he was like a 50, 40, 90 type of guy, one of the mo- just so efficient, you know, a, a knockdown shooter. He had a really good post game. And I mean, he was giving people, you know, 25, 30, like I said, without having really any handles or any flash to his game. It was just, you know, the simple stuff. He just was really good at the simple stuff. And I mean, I think I think Zach definitely could have been a, a division one basketball player, especially, you know, some of the guys I see, you know, Kyle Corver really doesn't dribble the ball much. He makes he made you know millions of dollars just pretty much shooting the ball and one dribble pull ups his whole career. So. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach was Zach was a stud, and he 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 did he he had some games that I was like, man, this kid can play. That's crazy. Is there any game in your your college career that uh, just sticks out to you that you'll probably remember forever? And that could be whether it was like a performance that you put on, or a performance that a teammate like Zach put on, or anything like that. Anything that sticks out to you? One of the memories of your college career? I think one of my best games my senior year. Because my junior and senior year, I, I struggled a lot because, like I said, I, I transferred into a school that already had their guys set. And I, I get there and I'm like, man, like I, I, I should be the best player here, this, that, and the third. And I kind of I kind of let that hinder me a little bit. But my senior year, we're playing against Maranatha. And everything, I feel like, just clicked for me. I had I, I only shot the ball six times, but, I mean, I made all six of my shots, had 19 points. And there's one play that I, I remember a lot because my roommate, one of my best friends to this day, I talk to him every day, um, where we're getting pressed full court because we're up by like 10 in the second half. And uh, I hit someone with a spin move and then I break a I break a trap and then I throw like a it might have been a, a left handed or right handed, but it was it was a bounce pass from all the way from behind half court. My my, my friend catches it and he just goes up and, and just. He, he, and just and just dunks it, and uh, that was his second dunk of the game. And you know the crowd was going crazy. You know we we had a decent de- decent crowd show out usually, even though we're in NAI school. And the crowd was going crazy. People were standing up. The bench was going crazy. It was just that's probably one of my favorite games I ever played. That's so dope. Those are the types of memories that that never go away. And uh, that's uh, that's what makes sports so amazing. Is you can remember those times. You can remember exactly where you were at. You can remember the crowd, the atmosphere, everything that was going on. Uh, and you got teammates to go along with you there too that you can talk to about that. Um, I want to know this too, going from high school to the collegiate level. Now I coach um, AAU ball club ball here out of Idaho uh, with the 16, 17 year old kids. Like um, we got the kids going into their sophomore, junior, their junior and senior years of high school. And I try to preach this to them, Walker. I'm always like, listen, you've got to put in the work. Like 
the the days of hey i have a summer break where i'm just not going to touch a basketball for three months those are gone if you truly intend on playing at the next level you got to understand the the work that's going to be required in the days of oh my basketball practice during season that's enough for all what i need to get in for the day i was like if you truly are taking it serious you've got to be putting in the individual work you got to sacrifice some of your nights and some of your mornings uh you're going to be having to put some work in so i want to talk to you about that work ethic we, we talked about it earlier in the interview when you, you brought your work ethic when you're a younger kid from the karate aspect but your work ethic what did that consist of it, going through high school going through college what did you have to do to be able to continue to elevate your game? So I grew up in a, a, a really big basketball area. Peoria, Illinois is a huge basketball area. Um, I was born in Peoria and then I moved, my parents moved us like 20, uh, 20, 30 minutes outside to outside the city to Glassford, Illinois, which is a very blue collar. Um, get it how you live, work hard every day um, type of mentality. You know, people out there work seven days a week. Um, you know, 16 hour days. My dad was really like that. My dad, he was a police officer for the city of Peoria. And I mean, there were many weeks where he was, you know, pulling seven days a week with multiple 16 hour shifts in there just so we could, you know, do the things we wanted to do and had everything we needed. So I kind of tried to take that because I, I really love basketball so much. I tried to take, you know, what I saw my dad doing with karate, with work and just, you know, I tried to kind of have that blue collar work ethic in basketball so i mean when i was in when i was in high school i was waking up at five o'clock in the morning my freshman year all the way through my senior year at least three times a week um getting in there before school sometimes having to break into the school uh, I, I actually got in trouble a couple of times for being in there um because you know there's no authority authoritative figure in there but i was getting on the shooting gun i was lifting i was doing skill work and this is all in high school this is all before i knew what to do i was working really 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 hard but i was kind of doing the wrong things i didn't know i didn't really have guidance no one in my family played basketball um i was kind of just you know shooting in the dark just trying to work on things that i thought i had to work on and uh you know some of it translated but some of it didn't when I got to college, my work ethic kind of shifted a little bit. I was still putting in a lot of hours, but I actually linked up with a trainer uh, from Peoria, and he kind of showed me how to work hard, but how to work smart as well. His name was Justin Dame. He went to Richwoods High School in Peoria, then went to Furman uh, in South Carolina and played uh, there for four years. He really showed me um, how to work on game situations because you see all these trainers nowadays and 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 to, to what you said you can't just go to practice nowadays you got kids that are seven years old doing skill work that are dribbling basketball better than i could when i was in high school right now you know the game the game is, has really changed and if you don't have you know some, any type of drive if you think you want to play college basketball but you're not putting in any extra work outside of just basketball season you you're, you're you're really not going to be successful unless you have a crazy amount of natural talent, and that's you know a one in a million type of thing. So he re, uh, Justin really showed me how to work on my game, and so that way it translates to the actual games. I was doing a lot of in-game stuff. I wasn't doing you know 17 dribbles to get off one mid-range jump shot. Everything was catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Everything was one dribble pull up. Everything was two dribbles. You know, hit a move, go for a layup. It was really this is one of the things where I was talking about translates from karate. It's really precise. You know, yeah. your workout should really be geared towards what you're going to do. Karate, you know, you're working on 
being efficient, you know, snapping into your moves, you know, being, you know, just doing the best you can be. And that's, and so it can translate into real life. And then that's how basketball was in your workouts. You need to, you know, work towards what you're going to do in a game. I love that you just said that. Everything you just said right there, I'm just sitting here like taking notes mentally. I hope everybody who's listening to this episode, especially if you're one of the guys that I coach, pay attention to that piece. You got to be doing stuff that's going to be applicable to the game setting. You know, that a lot of kids, man, I'll be honest, Walker, like as I'm, you know, I'm 33 now, but like I, I still play the game. I still compete as much as I possibly can, but like I'm around the game all the time, especially from a media perspective. Some kids are sitting there, they're dribbling between their legs three or four times, boom, 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 and then they, a little fadeaway jumper and i'm like okay that's cool and flashy and all but that's literally and then you see them get in the games and they can't do anything mm -hmm. and it's like they don't understand the speed of the game the under like you got to understand how to practice like you play and sometimes that does take a trainer i'm glad that you gave a shout out to your trainer because for the trainers out there that can actually help elevate the game find a trainer if you don't know how to do it yourself find a trainer and if you think you're doing it right still find a trainer and see if you were doing it right because i promise you you're probably going to find out like oh I wasn't doing this all the way that I probably should have been doing it. Trainers can help elevate your game so much. Um, I want to talk about the speed of the game. You know, even at the junior college level, some junior colleges, I should say, not every, you know, high school to junior college. High school, depending on the school you go to, where you grow up, there's some good competition. Uh, there can be, depending mm -hmm. on the level, classification, all this stuff. Right. But even at the junior college level, going to NAIA, D1, D2, whatever, the speed of the game changes. And I want to talk to you about that. Did you ever notice the speed of the game changing from when you went from high school into the next level? And if it did, how did you adjust to it? Oh man. The speed of the game was, I didn't, when I got to, when I got to college, man, I, I thought, I thought I was in shape. I thought I was, I thought I was ready for what was about to happen, but man, the speed of the game, it, it it's crazy. Cause when you get to college, you got a shot clock, you know, you, you can't just, you know, pass the ball around for two or three minutes to, Find to, to find a good shot. Um, you you got thirty seconds, you know, and it seems like a long time, but it's really not. That thirty seconds goes quick. It takes you eight seconds sometimes to get the ball off the court, get the offense set. Now you're down to fifteen already, and yeah, the speed of the game it it, it changed it changed a lot for me, especially coming from a small town. You know, I, I didn't go to any of the city schools. I went to um, my school is one A, which is the lowest class you know you can have. So. We did play. I I did play against a lot of other college level guys that went on to play college, had good college careers. But I mean, I, I don't know what what level your high school was, but for me, we were a lot of the time we had, you know, we were playing schools that hadn't won a game in a year, basically, or you know, a lot a long time. Guys that schools that win one game a year, two games a year, and we're beating them by fifty. You know, you can pretty much go in the game and do whatever you want at that point. Our, our one through twelve, my high school, you know. The guys could go into those games and just, you know, pretty much score whenever they wanted to. And we had about three or four or five, three three to five, you know, schools on our schedule that was like that. In college, I mean, like I said, e even if it's a bad college team, those guys were still the guy in high school. Those guys were still, you know, the best player on that team in high school. And, you know, it, that's one thing I try to harp because I coached I coached seventeen uh, U AAU for uh, for a year and man that I was only twenty one twenty one when I did that and that was that was difficult but I tried to tell those guys like you know AAU is cool you know your high school you guys are the guys in high school you know that's that's all good but when you get to college everything changes you go back to square one you have to relearn the game pretty much because you know what what you learned in high school is is not what you're gonna take with you to college. That is so 
it's so good. Everything you're saying is just like breaking everything down for me that I, that I love to hear, man, because it just shows so, like people who've been there understand it. Um, I remember there was one time. So our particular high school that I graduated from and I played for, we were 5A. So it's the biggest one that we have in Idaho. Keep that in mind. It's Idaho, right? But, you know, our school, 2,200 people, 2,500 people. Our, our actual graduating class was 1,000 people. So like, we had a, it was a bigger school. Um, and we're playing some big schools. And we finished fourth in state that year. It was, it was a good year for us, my senior year in high school. But I remember we had a couple of us playing at a local gym, uh, a couple of my buddies and I. And the local college, Boise State University, which is where I graduated, but Boise State had some of their ballers over there getting ready for a pro-am tournament that they were playing in. And so they were just playing some pickup ball with us, warming up. And the difference, I mean, these dudes are two years older than me. They're not that much older than me, but the difference in the way they use their body, the the difference in the way they moved their body, like it's just their, their Euro steps before Euros were actually a thing back then. Like they could Euro, they could shift with their body. They're only two inches taller than me too. And I'm like, dang, dude, they just seem so much bigger, stronger, and faster, more agile. And what was crazy to me, Walker, is they were like, I, when I watch them against other colleges, I'm like, they're not that great of shooters, these particular players that I was talking about. When they were playing against us, it's like they wouldn't miss. I'm like, freaking hey, dude. Like, and that's because they're getting up 500 shots a day and they're doing these things and they're learning the game. And I'm like, there was a huge difference there to me that showed me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready for Division One basketball because they're lower tier Division One basketball and they're freaking out here just completely owning the court. I th- so, I, I think that's one of the crazy parts about, you know, college basketball players in general. You can take uh, the worst player on a D3 team. He could go to his local gym and kill everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the the e- even the guys that don't get in the games a lot are still going to local rec leagues, summer leagues, YMCA leagues, and are, are one of the best players because they're still putting in that work too. You know, th- throughout all levels of college basketball, D1, D2, D3, NAI, JUCO, the Christian schools, those guys are still college basketball players playing against other college basketball players for four years. And I think that that's a misconception that, you know, especially for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a white dude that goes to these gyms that played NAI basketball. People look at me like, man, you, 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 you suck. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to pick you up. And I get on the court and I do some, and I, and I do some stuff and they're just like, wow, you know, like, like, where'd you play at this, that, and the third? And they're like, you didn't play D1. You didn't play D2. I'm like, no, I didn't. And, uh, you know, p- people get these conceptions in their head that, you know, it's D1 or bust. But I know a lot of NAI guys that are going over, going pro right now. This year, this summer, I know for a fact there were three NAI guys that had NBA workouts, that were in NBA workouts with NBA teams, you know, talking about getting drafted. There was one guy who plays for uh, the Mavericks now. I'm really invested in NAI basketball. I love, I love seeing dudes who played at the same level I play at go on and do more just so because that's kind of like that's kind of like my proof right there that's a fact i can tell you a fact about an nai basketball player that had nba workouts that was going to go to the nba that is in the nba right now and you can't really rebuttal that at all so uh yeah there's one dude that plays for the mavericks right now he actually just signed a contract so he's actually on the team i think he's going to be a two-way player but i mean still that's that's a big time contract that's that's big that's playing professional sports the sport that you love you're getting into the professional level like and 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 one thing that i also like people look down on naia ball sometimes i'm not saying everybody does because that's part of like what i want to do with my show is like talk to people like yourself who can educate you know the casual fans but some people look down on naia the same way they look down on playing professional basketball overseas and i'm like telling people i'm like listen (laughs) so i had people on my show that play overseas i'm like they're making more money than the majority of the public here in the United States because it's tax-free and they're getting their home, homes paid for. So like 
$100,000 overseas is, is like 250 k here in the States because you're not getting taxed on it. I'm like, you got to understand the logistics, uh, understand. And they're playing ball. And it's actually not bad basketball. There's some good leagues overseas, oh, even the lower tier. Some good hoopers overseas, whether they're American or they're not. There's some good hoopers. So, like, people just look down on this stuff, and there, there's no reason to be looking down. There are some hidden gems, if you will, all across. Uh, there's hoopers all over the place. Um, and that's what's super, super cool. Now, tell the tell listeners real quick, Walker, how tall are you and what, and what position do you play? Because we never even touched base on that. I'm uh, I, I on the basketball rosters in college. I, the, the tallest I've been, I think, I think I was six three one year on the roster. <laughs> I'm about like six one, six two, or six, six foot six one. If we're being realistic, without shoes on, maybe five eleven. But uh, yeah, you know, basketball coaches they love they love to uh, kind of fudge those a little bit. I had a couple of teammates that was like five six. They listed them at six foot on the roster. So realistically, I'm about six foot. That's six foot. You play point guard. I'm more of a I'm I'm more of a score. I, I was more of a, a shooter, so I'd say shooting guard, small forward a little bit. Sometimes I even played the four just so I could you know pop out on screens and have a little mismatch against um you know bigger bigger slower guys. But I'd say I I, I was pretty much a, a shooting guard at two for the most part. I dig that. Okay, so talk to the to us about that. A lot of the guys I coach, for example, and in Idaho we don't have a ton of big men. That's that's being real. We have a couple guys across the valley that are. Then, you know, 6'11", 6'10", that are pretty solid posts that will be good in college. But the majority of our guys are 6'5 and under. Um, and a lot of our posts are like 6'5". And I'm like, ah, you go to the college level, you're going to have to play the wing at some point. Like, you can't just always muscle guys down in the post and like uh, at the college level. But talk to the guys that are, you know, 6'2 and under. Everybody talks about this. It's very difficult because there's a ton of 6'2 and under guys, tons and tons across the world, um, trying to get looks for college. What does it take um, being 6'2 and under to get looks, even at the NAI level? What does it take to be able to get a look from them? Like, what are you going to have to do to, to prove your worth? Because there's a, there's not as many big guys as there are small guys. Um, it's crazy because I just seen something on TikTok about this dude talking about um, what he thinks that people should really work on right now as, as, as guards. Shooting threes is huge in basketball now. If you're not, you know, a 30... 30 is pretty low, but if you're not a 33-plus percentage uh, shooter, you, I, you, you're going to have to do something else really well in order for a coach to want to spend money on you to get you to go to their school. Um, I, I, I was a little different. I loved I loved playing defense because, like I said, in high school, I was kind of – I was one of the guys, quote-unquote, maybe – but I was like a on offense. I was like a third option, a fourth option. I had some really good games where I scored a lot of points, but it wasn't always that wasn't every game because I had you know two or three guys in front of me that were just you know lights out shooters, you know big guys that could just score. So I had to I had to really find out what my identity was going to be as a basketball player, and and I I really like two way guards. I like guys who can score who can, you know, play offense, but I like guys who can also play defense, like guys like Clay Thompson. I think Bradley Beal is a really underrated, you know, uh, two-way guy. He really he really gets after it on defense. Um, that's kind of what I made my identity. I'm a really intense player, so I tried to, like, separate myself. You know, a lot of guys, when I, when I was coming up, a lot of dudes tried to separate themselves by wearing the lime green shoes, like, oh, I'm going to stick out to a coach wearing this shooting sleeve or these, you know, these, these this this leg sleeve. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick out that way. I talked a lot of trash i played really ferocious defense i you know if i if i scored the other person was going to know about it if i stopped got to stop the other person was going to know about it um I, I i really i really tried to separate myself that way so if 
you know, I, I would say to high school guys, you got to find your identity. You have to be really good. If you're really good at one thing, you will play in college and you will get minutes in college. Um, I, I, I average like six points per game, maybe, maybe less than that, probably four points per game in high school. And my, my red shirt freshman year, they don't have all the games in my game log. So it says I average like five points per game, but I was averaging like eight to 10 points per game. My red shirt freshman year when I was at, um, my school in Peoria. So I went from being a four point per game score in high school to, you know, averaging eight to 10 in college. So just because you do one thing in high school doesn't necessarily mean that that's what your identity is going to be all through college either. But you really just have to sit down with yourself and be realistic with yourself and just find something that you're really good at and just work tirelessly on that. I dig that. I dig that. I, uh, as a shooter myself, like I, I always tell the kids like, that's a huge piece. Like you just mentioned it too, like shooting. Like I shot 47% from the three point line, my senior year in high school. Like that's, that's what I, you know, I made my, that was what I did. I, I shoot, but there's a lot of places where I lack. I don't, I'm not going to get flashy. I'm not going to beat you off the dribble. I got a one, two dribble max. And then I'm shooting or I'm passing. That's kind of how I've always been. Um, and I'll muscle up on defense. I was always told this is a thing. It like, that was my limp. I was limited on offense. I could shoot the ball. And that was what I was trusted to do. We drew up plays for me. And it's great. But on defense, if I got mismatched, I'm only six foot two, but I'm six two, two twenty five, And I would, you know, they put me on the post and let me bang with the guys down low and try to make it physical for him. And so right, that's right. where I kind of like, I love how you're talking about two way players. I'm not the fastest guy on the wing playing defense, but I will do my best to lock somebody up if I can, but right. I can bang in the post. And, and that's, that's super important. I try to tell the kids that not, not everybody's going to shoot 47% from the three point line. That's just not realistic, especially at the high school level. But if you can get into the 35 percentile range and be pretty consistent with that. And I love that you, cause I always tell them too, I'm like lock in on defense, be a two way player. Like you've got to, but you've got to be, you've got to be good at these things. If you want to separate yourself, cause coach, they're going to look all around. They're going to say, well, that guy's, you know, he's five eleven, six foot. Like what makes him different than somebody else? You better stand out somehow. Uh, sometimes that two way player is a, a good way to go too. Like they'll yeah. see that you're putting the effort in. I think that's, that's so dope. Now I want to ask you Walker, what was the best advice a coach ever gave you? Best advice a coach ever gave to me. So the best advice I ever got, I didn't actually take into consideration. So when I, like I said, I had three different basketball coaches. The best advice I think I ever got was from the coach who really didn't care a lot. My junior or my sophomore and junior year, he told me, he said, I think he said, he told me he thought I was a really, really good player, but I tried, I tried to do too much. You know, I tried to be too flashy. And he, he was a, he was like a, basically an all-american in high school played at bradley university played overseas he was a guy that knew what he was talking about but i'm like nah man i i i see all these balls like mixtapes i see you know john wall doing tween tween step backs and stuff like that so that that's that's what i think i gotta do to to play at that level and he told me he was like he was like keep it simple stupid so i kind of go by that now it's it, it's like it's like a it's it's kiss but it's keep it simple stupid you know, the game is honestly, basketball is a really simple game. If you break it down, basketball can be one of the easiest games, you know, to play, to, to, to move up on. Because everything, everything you do, it, there's, a, there's a formula to it. There's, a science, there's really a science to basketball. Knockdown shooter, having a good basketball IQ, which is just playing the game. You know, learning how to play defense, learning how to rebound, all that stuff you can do you know you can't really there, there are some things that you you know don't have control over you know how tall you are how high you can jump to a, to a certain extent you can work on your vertical but a lot of guys are blessed naturally with that stuff 
But if you can find a way to simplify your game and be really efficient at the easy things, you're going to be a 20-plus point-per-game scorer just because if, if, if you know your spots on the floor and you work on those spots and you're efficient at those spots, the, the, game, the game slows down. You know, we talked about how when you get to college, the, the game speeds up for you. Well, if you actually, like, if you get to college and then you just kind of sit back and watch a practice, when you're a freshman, if you just kind of watch everything happen, it's really the same thing. Just everyone is a little better. Everyone's a little better. So when your workouts, you need to find your spots and, that, that like, going from high school to college, you know, figure out if you're going to have, you know, the same spots or this, that, and the third. And actually what I would do is I would watch college games of the teams that I was on and see – kind of how, how how they operate, how they move, um, what kind of offenses they run. And I would try to figure out who I was going to be with that team. I dig that, man. That is uh, keep it simple, stupid. I like that. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. That's that's super sick. Uh, simplify the game. I think a lot of people do over like overanalyze it, overthink it um, mm -hmm. when you can do that. I, I've seen guys, even at the, the level that I coach now, and I think this goes along with what you're saying, is – they might lack athleticism. There's a couple of guys that I coach. They have a really good IQ. One in particular has a really good IQ. He understands where he's supposed to be and he plays hard. So he understands how to do the basic things such as rebounding the basketball, which apparently is a lost art in, in today's world with some of these kids. Right. They think they don't need to do it, but mm -hmm. boxing out that like you, you learn how to box out. You can, you can find a spot on the court probably because a lot of kids forget that. Um, but he, and I saw him even just last night that uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. I was watching him last night on a Wednesday you know, he, he learns the simple things and he's out there able to compete and he's getting minutes because he figured it out. He's not the most athletic guy on the court. He's not the best basketball player on the court, but he's not a liability either. He's actually someone that you want on the court because he knows where he's supposed to be. I think that's awesome. And it, and it, it just, when you were saying that, keep it simple, stupid, that's exactly what I was thinking of. I was thinking of this particular player. Uh, huge shout out to him. I'm going to tag him in this uh, when we post this podcast because he deserves to hear that because he, he's the one who does that exact same thing. Now, Walker, I want to ask you this. Uh, what is next for you? You know, I've, I followed you on TikTok, so I kind of see what your story is. And, and I'd encourage everybody else to do that, too. I'm not trying to, like, I want you to be able to share that on your own platform. But I want to know, like, people are probably like, is he going to continue playing? Is he going to train? You had mentioned earlier you're going to try to get onto YouTube. So is that kind of what you're trying to do? What, how do you want to be an influence in the basketball world moving forward? I think that, you know, my time of trying to go overseas or, you know, play professionally is 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 is, is very limited especially because my stats weren't that good in college so not a lot of overseas teams wanted to take a chance on me when i first came out you know two years ago they were like well you got good highlights but that doesn't tell the whole story which which is true a lot of guys like my highlights are, are crazy good but if you look at my stats you're like oh wow i i thought i thought you were a 10 plus 12 plus point per game score and, and, I, and i really wasn't um I've recently found FIBA three-on-three -three tournaments, which are tournaments that you can – I guess you can kind of say are pro tournaments. A lot of pro guys play in these because um, the the, person, the prize money is, is is pretty 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 crazy. I mean, you can make $800 to $1,000 per player on your three-on-three -three team in, in, in a day, basically, which is, I mean, that's – I think that's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of people don't even make that in a week, so – um, I got, I got a pretty good team coming together for that. Um, I, I really, what I want to do with YouTube is I want kids like me to see my YouTube kids that don't, didn't have a lot of basketball direction or even sports direction in general. 
um, you know, I preach this on my TikTok. I tell people that, you know, learn from my mistakes. You know, what? Well, I, I want kids to hear my story, hear what I went through, hear what I did, hear what I did wrong, hear what I did right. And I want them to kind of take that and hear it and then mold their own basketball career or sports career out of that. You know, you'd be surprised. I have a lot of people, a lot of kids hitting me up say, hey, um, I started doing this, this, and that from that I saw from your video, and, you know, I, I got an offer, or I, I just committed to this school, or I'm talking to, you know, a, a, a couple of NAI schools that I emailed because you told me to. I love stuff like that. I think, like, that that, that is the most um, humbling, but um, one of the best feelings in the world, just because I, I want to help kids that don't have a lot. Like, I mean... You know, I had a really good family. We didn't have, the, you know, a lot of money. I, I could I could only play AAU for half a summer because, you know, it got so expensive. If I would have had someone in my life like me, I I, I guarantee, and I, that sounds, you know, really cocky, but just, just, just having that direction, I think that I would have been a D2, D1 level type of player. Just because I would have, I would have heard, I would have learned all this stuff earlier. I would have been told all this stuff before I had to learn it myself. And, uh, yeah, I, I really just, you know, especially with this YouTube stuff, I kind of want to show people, you know, some, you know, beneficial workouts. I want to go do a day in the life of an NAI player, you know, go through workouts with NAI teams, go through open gyms with them, maybe, you know, go through practice. I want to, you know, go to D2 schools and do the same thing, D3 schools. I want to show kids that basketball is, you know, there's a lot of talent in basketball at all levels. And to get there, you know, you have to, you know, kind of create your own formula. So that, 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 that's kind of what I want to do. And if I start winning a bunch of FIBA 3-on-3 three three tournaments and, you know, my team qualifies to go to the, Olymp the Olympic trials, who knows? Maybe, you know, I, I, I got a pretty solid team right now. Um, uh, one of my one of my friends, he's a, he was a he's a pro, played in Columbia uh, last year. And the other guys are both college athletes. So who knows? You know, we'll, uh, we'll have to see where it goes. Sky's the limit there, dude. I, I'm a huge fan of three on three basketball personally. Like I still compete in all the tournaments that we got locally. I go to hoop fest in Spokane yeah. up in Washington. I, I love three on three basketball. We even have a city league here in Boise, Boise, Idaho. That's a uh, three on three city league. So we play eight weeks of city or three on three ball. Like I love the three on three game. It's a different type of game, but for, for a shooter like myself, who likes to just get volume shots up, like that's, that's it, it plays to my game. So I enjoy it. That's actually pretty dope. I, I am inspired by you, Walker, because I think so many people need to have someone like you, like you were just saying. It's not cocky. It's 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 not that. It's a confidence and an understanding that you truly do have a unique skill set that you can get out there. And I actually appreciate the fact that you're willing to share that. Like TikTok videos, that's dope. Like a kid's going to come across those TikTok videos. Someone like myself, but like maybe a younger guy who who can really benefit from like the stuff that you're sharing and, and they're still in their playing career. That's going to be, that's huge. A lot of people might have the knowledge that you have, but they, they are too apprehensive. They don't want to share it. They're scared to share it some, for some reason you're creating content to help other people. I think that's dope. You're utilizing your platform and your knowledge. I think more people should do it, but I'm grateful that you're doing it. I think it's super dope. The last question I'm going to ask you, man, um, because dude, you, dude, it's so sick talking to someone like yourself, because I think it's so cool. I, I want you to be able to show, showcase like NAIA ball, D1, D2 or whatever, like smaller D3, D2, smaller schools. Show the hoopers. I think it's so sick that you're doing that. But right. last question um, that I have for you before we wrap this up is the biggest life lesson. I want to know the biggest life lesson that sports have taught you. What's the biggest life lesson? Oh. 
I think the biggest life lesson that basketball has taught me was um, basketball doesn't owe you anything. Basketball doesn't, you know, care how hard you work. Um, it doesn't care if you're tired. It doesn't care, you know. Basketball doesn't care about you. You know, you can put a lot of hours into basketball and still not make it. You know, I'm not I'm not one of these guys that, you know, will try to hinder younger athletes from wanting to go pro. I want everyone who wants to go pro, I want them to work as hard as they can, and hopefully they, they do make it pro. I'm not one of these guys that, says, that, that thinks, oh, I didn't make it, you can't make it. But I think basketball taught me that even – even even in life, you know, life doesn't really care if you're tired. Life doesn't care if you deserve it or not. Um, life's just going to happen, just like basketball is just going to happen. You can do certain things within basketball and within life to set yourself up on the right path. But at the end of the day, um, it, life and basketball don't owe you a, 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 a thing. You know, you you can you can do everything you you can in your in your power to you know try to do one thing and it could play out a totally different way so um if you if you can understand that at an early age um i think i, I think that'll help a lot of kids out because they think that they'll they'll put in work and then they'll go into a game and it won't show well you only worked on that for a week you know they say it takes 10,000 hours to perfect one skill so if you're not if if you're not putting in you know hours like that on something then it's 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 not gonna it's it's not something that happens boom you know ba basketball doesn't see you working on something and it's gonna be like all right well you worked on this one day we're gonna go in a game and we're gonna do it now it it doesn't work like that oh man it's so dope like life's not fair basketball's not fair all the time either you can put all the work in like you said and it doesn't always play out the way that you want to but if you understand that. It helps you weather the storms when they come at you like that, like those hard times. If you understand that earlier on and realize, okay, well, you're just going to have to trust the process, keep working and realize like it's never going to be fair. I love that you just said that. It's such a good example because life's the same way. It's never, it's never going to be fair. There's going to be times where it's good, but it's like peaks and valleys, you know, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. That's how it always is. Um, but like they always say, if you didn't have this, if a heartbeat wasn't going like this and it was flatlined, you're dead. So you have to have those to keep living. You know what I mean? So it's just good to understand that and, and understand how to get through them. So Walker, I just want to say, thanks brother. I, I, it's been an honor chatting with you. I look forward to, you know, building the relationship outside of the podcast, you know, just following you and seeing what you do and, and whatnot with, with basketball three on three and, and then with your YouTube channel and continuing content on your, on your TikTok platforms, which by the, by the way, guys, remember we're putting them here in the description of the podcast. So you guys can go there and follow him. But I just want to say, thanks, man. I I've had a blast chatting with you and I just appreciate you joining the show. Yes, I appreciate it. You know, uh, podcasts like this are what I think they're going to help a lot of a lot of younger athletes to hear stories and uh, testimonies of, you know, guys that are coaching, guys that are playing, guys that went through this and that. So platforms like this, I really appreciate it as well. And you you willing to put, you know, uh, a, a no name guy pretty much on, on your podcast. Really appreciate that. So thank you for that. Oh, man, the story was awesome. It was an amazing story. And that's what I'm looking for, man. I, and I think it's super, super cool. And for all the listeners out there, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And if you did, like I said, in the very beginning of the show, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. So the more reviews that come through on Apple Podcasts, the more the show gets out to people. That's how the algorithm works. So you guys, we got to play the game. Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought about Walker's story. And we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.